A financial plan requires planning. It's savings, RRSPs, investments, and planning for the unexpected. TD Term Life Insurance can help protect your family's financial future if you were to unexpectedly pass away. You can apply for TD Term Life Insurance online or over the phone by speaking to a licensed advisor. If you're under the age of 55, you could be approved for up to $500,000 of coverage without a medical exam. Conditions apply. TD Term Life Insurance is underwritten by TD Life Insurance Company. Visit tdinsurance.com slash termlife to learn more. Governor General Julie Payette and the top bureaucrat in her office have resigned amid a review into allegations there was a toxic workplace at Rideau Hall. The allegations claim they were abusive to staff, sometimes reducing them to tears. These resignations have called into question the vetting process that saw the highly accomplished Payette appointed to the position. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Brian Platt joins me to discuss the allegations in the report, why Payette may not have been suited for the role despite her accomplishments, and where the government goes next. Don't forget you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Brian, let's get the easiest question out of the way here. Why did Julie Payette resign as governor general? The direct cause here started in July of last summer when CBC published a report based originally on a dozen sources, although it grew to over 20 after they published. They kept building on it. People who worked at Rideau Hall saying it was an abusive workplace and that most of it traced directly to Julie Payette and that she was bullying, belittling people, that people were left in tears after meetings, that especially after she traveled, she would ream people out, that senior staff were leaving because they couldn't handle working with her. And based on that report, when it came out, because most of these people are public servants, there are certain obligations the government has to them. Mm -hmm the government ordered a third-party review into the workplace. And so this third-party consulting firm came in, interviewed anybody who wanted to be interviewed. And my sources tell me that there was more than 100 people who did. Wow. And that the report ran to almost 200 pages. That report was submitted to government recently, about a couple weeks ago. And it is, from all accounts, a very devastating portrait of Julie Payette and also her friend, who she appointed as secretary to the governor general, which is basically the person in charge of all the staff, in charge of running the institution from an administrative role, who is normally an experienced public servant, but in this case was a friend of Julie Payette's, that these two women were responsible for creating a very abusive workplace. And that report seems to have been so damaging, we haven't seen it publicly, but that the prime minister met with Julie Payette on Wednesday. And from what we have from a close source to the situation, said to Julie Payette, you need to resign over this. Was it a case that, from what you understand, that this kind of forced the prime minister's hand, that after controversy surrounding her in 2019 and even going far back as her appointment, that this had to be the final straw for him? Yeah. And I think there are experts who have studied the history of the office and Canada's relationship with the monarchy and the constitutional structure in this country, who say that any significant controversy around the governor general is a problem because this person is, for the most part, the governor general is a largely ceremonial role, a a figurehead. Mm -hmm. But 
there are times when the governor general's discretion and tact and reputation are very important because they can make the call on who forms government and whether we go back to an election or whether an opposition leader gets a chance to do it. You know, there's lots of rules and guidelines and conventions around that, but the governor general has discretion around government formation. And so you do not want somebody mired in controversy in that position. There are many experts who have publicly said they believe Julie Payette probably should have resigned before this because she's kind of lurched from one controversy to another ever since she was appointed. But this report seems to have been so damaging that the prime minister finally went to the, I was going to say the nuclear option. The nuclear option would be if she had said no to resigning, in which case he would have had to call Buckingham Palace and ask the queen to fire her. That's that's (laughs) the nuclear option. But he, from what we understand, said to Julie Payette, in my view, you need to resign over this. It's not tenable for you to stay in your position, given this report. And she submitted her resignation on Thursday. We haven't seen the report yet, but do we have a sense as to whether what's in it is worse than what has previously been reported? Or is it just an expansion of what has previously been reported about her behavior? I believe it's worse. I don't know that for certain. That's based on interviews with people who have worked there and have basically told me some of the things that they understand or was was said to the consulting firm. I believe what we're going to see publicly is a summary of findings. It's not clear to me how extensive that will be. Mm-hmm. Frankly, there's less pressure on the government now to disclose more of it because Julie Payette's already resigned. But the government has already said they can't release the full report because of privacy obligations. Reporters will probably try to get access to it by using access to information legislation. A lot of it will probably be redacted. So I'm not sure that we'll ever see all the details that were in this. And what about the secretary to the governor general, the top bureaucrat, Asunta Di Lorenzo? Yes. Does the review cover similar behavior from her? My understanding is yes. She is a corporate lawyer from Montreal. And should have never been in this position. I mean, Julie Payette, you can argue there was lots of red flags with her before her appointment. And I've done reporting that shows that some of the similar problems came in her last big job, which was running the Montreal Science Center. But Asanta de Lorenzo, the job of secretary to the governor general is supposed to be somebody experienced in the public service, the federal government and vice regal affairs. I mean, you are the conduit between the governor general and everything else. Mm -hmm. And you're overseeing all the staff in Rideau Hall. The governor general is generally not going to be somebody who is experienced in how government works and the machinery of government and the constitutional structure. The secretary to the governor general is supposed to be that person. It's a government appointment. So the government allowed her to do this. She brought in her friend from Montreal, who is a lawyer who had never worked in the federal government before. This was trouble brewing from the very start, and it blew up in a big way. Now, you mentioned that you've done reporting on similar allegations against Payette in her last major position, which was as the head of the Montreal Science Center. Is it more of the same, you know, berating staff, creating a toxic workplace environment? Like, what kind of behaviors are we talking about here? And why didn't any of this show up in the vetting process? Yes, I think it is a lot of the same behaviors. And uh, one person I talked to who was familiar with the two situations said there's always a victim in every meeting. Somebody gets picked on, humiliated in front of everybody else, and it's relentless. I should say I've talked to people who like working with Julie Payette. Mm -hmm. I think if she likes you and trusts you, your life's pretty good. But if you are on her bad side, your life is excruciating and you feel 
constantly belittled and abused. I can't speak much more than that specifically to Rideau Hall, but from what I've been told, the report is really harsh. Mm-hmm. And so it, to the point where it was not tenable for her to stay in the job. As a reporter, I did the work of finding people from the Montreal Science Center. I did this last summer after the CBC report came out of Rideau Hall. I talked to the former employees. I published a lengthy story about what their experience was with her at the Montreal Science Center. And that and the, the same things that are now coming out at Rideau Hall happen at the Montreal Science Center. So if I could do that as a reporter at the National Post... Why couldn't the prime minister's office people do that before they appointed her to one of the most high profile jobs in the entire country? Mm -hmm. There's not a good excuse for this. There was lots of talk about how she left the Montreal Science Center and that she did not leave on great terms. I can tell you for a fact that was circulating in Montreal and people immediately brought that up when she was appointed as governor general. So either the prime minister's office didn't know about it, or they did and decided that it wasn't a major concern for them. I can't really explain it. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember when her appointment was announced and you have someone who's an astronaut, who's very high profile, bilingual. She seemed to check off a lot of boxes of the kind of person that Canada would even want as a governor general. Like, do you get the sense that the government just felt that this is the kind of image we want to project This is the kind of person we want in the position and it can make it all about prestige. Yes. And I understand it. I mean, she is an incredibly impressive person. It was totally about what she symbolized. A female astronaut speaks, I think, five or six languages, accomplished musician, Mm -hmm. very accomplished academically, has been to space twice. It was, to them, a powerful sign of women empowerment and a role model for young girls, especially. That's all well and good, but they did not stop to think whether this was the right fit for her. Surely, at the very least, they could have found some other way to involve her as a symbol for young women in this country. Governor General is a job where you are doing a lot of ceremonial duties. You go to ceremony after ceremony after ceremony, a lot of honors work, a lot of arcane rules and procedures and constitutional conventions. I don't think I would like the job, to be honest. And I think a lot of people would struggle in the job. You have to have the right kind of mindset for it. You have to have diplomacy. You have to have tact. Mm -hmm. To be fair to her, I think she was kind of set up to fail when she was put in this job because I don't think it was ever the right fit for somebody of her personality. When the review started and as it got closer to being finished and sent to government, did things improve at all? At Rideau Hall, from your understanding, or did things get icier? I know your report in your stories this week about lawyers being brought in by DiLorenzo and possibly Julie Payette and the communication between the governor general's office and the Privy Council office was going through council. Is that common? And is that just an indication of how bad things were? Yeah. People who are deeply experienced in the governor general's office and in Rideau Hall and in you know other vice regal offices in provincial governments were just gobsmacked by this situation. I mean, they'd never seen anything like it. The idea that you have one of the highest profile lawyers in the country, Murray Hennon, was brought in to work 
for the secretary to the governor general to handle her negotiations with the Privy Council office. I mean, it was a totally untenable situation. Mm -hmm. The whole job of being secretary to the governor general is that you're the link between, well, it's not the whole job, but a major part of it is you're the link between the governor general and the government. And I think relations had deteriorated very badly between Julie Payette and Asanta de Lorenzo. And it was surely echoing throughout the whole institution. The prime minister, I think, given all the circumstances, had to do what he did in asking her to resign because there's just it's hard to see how this could have possibly continued. So what has Payette said about all of this? Julie Payette released a lengthy resignation statement on Thursday that was a very interesting statement, as is typical of her. She's You sometimes have to parse her words pretty carefully to see the message that she's trying to get across. And in the message, she, I think, makes it pretty clear that she does not feel she was treated totally fairly through this, that has not gotten due process necessarily, and doesn't fully accept. I mean, she says she takes the allegation seriously and encourages people to participate in the review, but also makes very careful note that no formal complaints were ever made against her. And there's a very curious line in there that says people experience things differently. And that is the exact same language that Justin Trudeau used a couple of years ago when he was accused around an incident in his 20s of misconduct, of groping somebody. And Justin Trudeau said people can experience things differently, experience the same interaction differently. I find it very hard to believe that it's a coincidence that Julie Payette used that exact same phrase. Hmm. And I think she almost certainly did that on purpose. Is her resignation immediate? If the government were to fall next week, is there someone there to dissolve parliament? Her resignation is effective, yes. And her duties in the meantime can be fulfilled by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, which is normal. Regardless of the circumstances around Julie Payette, if a governor general is out of the country or something or in some way busy, the Chief Justice is effectively, well, I think actually holds a title of Deputy Governor General and can sign off on royal assent on legislation or any orders in council or anything else. So the Chief Justice can keep the machinery of government moving forward, can handle all the administrative side of things. However, you definitely don't want the Chief Justice, if you can help it, in the role of having to navigate a government formation crisis, a constitutional, you know, where the governor general has to use their discretion. You do not want the chief justice of the Supreme Court put in that position. Mm -hmm. They don't need to get a new governor general immediately, but we're in a minority government right now. We could theoretically be in an election any time. They really need to get a new governor general soon, perhaps with a little more vetting this time. How long could that take? What can we expect from the government on that? And what kind of candidate could we see appointed? Like, would it be someone with less flair and less profile, like a safer choice? You would think that they're going to take this one a little more carefully, yes. There's no set timeline that has to be followed here. There was a nonpartisan advisory committee on vice regal appointments, so not just for governor general, but for lieutenant governors in provinces. And so the question really is if they already have somebody in mind or if they already had a shortlist in mind. And they may have been aware that this day was coming at some point and had already started to prepare. I don't know that for sure. Mm -hmm. I just think it's possible. And so it's really hard to say how quickly we'll get a new appointment. But because of the reason I said earlier about 
that you don't want the chief justice having to navigate a government formation crisis, or not even crisis, but just in, in any situation where you have to decide if we're going to an election or if the opposition leader should get a chance. You don't want the chief justice in that role. So they've got to get a new governor general in there. Do we know if there's any kind of severance or pension arrangement for Payette and DiLorenzo? Would that be something that's negotiated into their deal that regardless of how they leave, they get certain perks and benefits after they're in office? Yes, you're very well set up as a former governor general, regardless of how you leave office. You're entitled to this if you've served in the role. And so it does not matter that she resigned, doesn't matter she only served three years. You get this if you were governor general. So she'll get a lifetime pension that's currently at 143000 a year, so not too shabby. And that rises over time. It's indexed to a complicated formula, but at any rate, it'll rise slowly over time. And she also gets an expense program as a former governor general to potentially hire a secretary, office space, and do things like speech writing, attending ceremonies, doing any kind of activities that are directly related to her former role as a governor general. She can claim up to $206,000 a year tapping into the Rideau Hall's budget, and she gets that for life as well. And in addition to that, she gets a grant to start a charitable foundation, which is standard for all governor generals, a multi-million dollar grant. So she's going to be receiving public money for a long time. Fascinating. I imagine it's a controversy the government probably doesn't need right now. Brian, thanks for your time. Thanks, Dave. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Brian Platt. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.